Hey, I'm so glad you joined me today. Jesus is preparing us for his return. And in fact, he is asking us to prepare for his return. So let's acknowledge him, Jesus. We thank you and praise you for just taking over, teaching us, helping us to see what you're, what you're saying to us today. We love you and praise you and just give you all the glory. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for caring. Thank you for telling us things to come and so much more. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory. We could just go on thanking him forever and ever and ever. He is so good. You know, he was talking to me about he's coming and we're not ready. And one of the reasons we're not ready is he is calling us to do that greater work, to go for him and do what he was doing and even more. So he said to the disciples in John 14, 12, he said, I'm going to go. You know, if you believe me, if you believe in me, if you love me, then you're going to pick up where I left off. I'm paraphrasing. But that's what he's saying to us today. If you really love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, then your life is not going to be about yourself, but your neighbor. And so maybe you're saying, well, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. Don't talk to me about being ready. I'm ready. But I want to tell you that Jesus said, if you're not doing his work, that you're not ready, that you don't care about him. He said, I'm going to go and you're going to do what I was doing and even greater things. And he's saying, we can't even, we can't, we're not, we're not there. We're still fighting with each other. We don't care about our neighbor. We care about ourselves. And so he wanted me to just get in your face today. He gets in my face. He's, he's always in my face because I want him to be. He's always correcting me because I ask him to. Because I don't want to be ignorant of what's going to happen, what he's thinking, and what is to come. And so I want to read to you some of what he said in Luke 6. So I'm going to start in verse 26. Well, to you will ask for, when everyone speaks fairly and handsomely, of you and praises you for even so their forefathers did to the false prophets. And, you know, false prophets are people that aren't speaking the truth. Those who don't even know Jesus, and therefore they're looking for attention. They want to be the one, um, it's all about them, and they want to be praised and recognized. He said, I say to you, are listening to me? In order to heed and make it a practice to love your enemies, Treat well, do good to act nobly toward those who detest you and pursue you with hatred. Invoke blessings upon and pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Implore God's blessing, favor upon those who abuse you and reproach and highly handedly misuse you. And this is actually what God was talking to me about this very scripture this morning. He was focusing on. To the one who strikes you on the jaw or cheek, offer the other jaw or cheek also. And from him who takes away your outer garment, do not withhold your undergarment as well. And what he was saying is don't defend yourself. When you're falsely accused, don't defend yourself. Don't get that person back. And you know, do we live like that? Or are we just always trying to get that other person back? You know, the Bible says not to sue. And, and Christians left and right don't think anything of it. What Jesus is telling us to do is preparing us, and we do it. He's telling us to do it so we can get to that place as 
um, where we can do his work, where we can lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead like he did. We're going to do what he did and even greater things. But first, we got to get over and into that place where we can love. Stop hating your neighbor. Stop fighting and just let it go. Why are we fighting over little things that are not even eternal? Our life here is short. It's not eternal. You can't take it with you. And so it's a waste of time. It's senseless to fight for it. Besides, we are to be like Jesus. If we're going to live with him for eternity, then we got to be like him. We have to look at his word and say, I'm this. I'm going to strive to be like Jesus. I just want to read a few more things. Give way to everyone who begs of you, who is, want of, uh, who is in want of necessities. And if him who takes away from your goods, do not demand or require for them back. Um, and as you would like and desire that men would do to you, do exactly to them. You know, lots of times we get in this thinking where, well, they didn't do it for me, so I'm not going to bother doing it for them. You know, we do according to what others did to us. And Jesus is saying, do more than that. Don't live according to what they did to you, but live according to what Jesus would do. He said, if you merely, okay, verse 31, and as you would like and desire that men do to you, do exactly so to them. If you merely love those who love you, what quality of credit and thanks is that to you? For even the very sinners love their lovers, those who love them. And if you are kind and good and do favors and benefit those who are kind and good and favors and benefit you, what quality of credit and thanks is that to you? For even the preeminently sinful do the same. And if you lend money at interest to those who, from who you hope to receive, what quality of credit and thanks is that to you? Even notorious sinners lend money had interest to sinners, and asked to recover as much again. But love your enemies, be kind, and do good, doing favors so that someone de derives benefit from them, and lend expecting and hoping for nothing in return. Consider nothing as lost and despairing of one, and then your recompense, your reward, will be great, rich, strong, intense, and abundant, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind and charitable and good to the ungrateful and the selfish and the wicked. So that's what we're supposed to be like. And then verse 37 says, judge not, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and pronounce guilty, and you will not be condemned and pronounced guilty. Acquit and forgive, release, give up resentment, let it drop, and you will not be acquitted and forgiven and released. And you will be. Given will be given unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will they pour into your pouch, formed by the bosom of your robe, used as a bag? For the measure you deal out, the measure you use, will you confer benefits on others? It'll be measured back to you. And you know he he goes on, and I just encourage you to read the word every day, find out what Jesus is saying, get rid of the sin in your life. If you're not doing this, you're living in sin. If you're treating others according to how they treat you, if you're judging them, all these things that Jesus said, then his power, you know, Jesus was anointed by God to go around doing good. There are times of healing power was just flowing from him. 
And it's because of he, his goodness, him imitating the father. He said, I only do and say what the father tells me to do. And yes, of course, he's Jesus. And he came here, though, as our example. And we are to be like him. And when we're like him, then we're going to have his power in us, him living in us to do his work, right? Because he said in Revelation 3.20, he said that he's going to come and live on the inside of us. He's already knocking at the door of our heart, but we have to heed his voice in order for that to happen. If we don't heed his voice, he will not make his home within us. And so that's where a lot of people are thinking, you know, they're going to heaven. Jesus is living on the inside of them, yet they're not heeding his voice. And so really then, are we deceived? What's happening? If you don't let Jesus correct you, what's happening? What will happen on that day? And he said that farther down here. Well, let me just read a little more. This looks too good to skip. A pupil is not superior to his teacher, but everyone, when he is completely trained, readjusted, restored, set to rights, and perfected, will be like his teacher. I'm going to go backwards. Verse 39. He further told them a proverb. Can a blind man guide and direct a blind man? Will they not both stumble into the ditch or a hole in the ground? Just think if you are teaching someone who Jesus is, but you're teaching them only who he is and not leading them to know him, to know what he's thinking, what he's feeling, what he said to do his work. If you're living in sin, then you're not setting an example for them not to live in sin. You're saying it's okay, and you're the blind leading the blind. And then I, I like exactly all of this, that we're to be perfected, to be like him. So many people have this excuse, I'm not there yet, I'm not perfect, and that's okay as long as you keep following him and let him perfect you, let him correct you. Um, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't notice and consider the beam that's in your own eye? And when you sit with Jesus, he will certainly show you that beam if you allow him to. And then you can get it out and stop looking at that speck in your brother's eye. How can you say to your brother, brother, allow me to take out that speck in your, that's in your eye, when you yourself do not see the beam that's in your own eye? You actor, pretender, hypocrite, first take the beam out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take out the speck that's in your brother's eye. For there is no good, healthy tree that bears decayed, worthless, stale fruit, nor on the other hand does a decayed, worthless, sickly tree bear good fruit. For each is known and identified by his own fruit. So you're identified as his when you have healthy fruit, when you have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness operating through you. If Jesus lives in you, in you then he's going to show. The upright, honorable man out of the good treasure stored in his heart produces what is upright and honorable. And the evil man out of his evil storehouse brings forth that which is deprived, wicked and evil. For out of the abundance, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you start speaking, what comes out of your mouth is going to show your true colors. Who you're walking with is going to happen. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not practice what I tell you? For everyone who comes to me and listens to my words in order to heed their teaching and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like his man building a house 
who dug and went deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. We've said this before. And when the flood rose, the torrent broke against the house, and it could not shake it or move it because it had been securely built on, founded on a rock. But he who merely listens and does not practice my words, like a man who built his house on the ground, without a foundation against which the torrent burst, immediately it collapsed and fell, and breaking that ruin of the house was great. So Jesus is not only warning us that our sin is going to bring us into the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, and that we're, we're leading people who are following us that same place. But he's saying, when you, if you pursue him to get the sin out of your life, what he wants me to tell you is then you can go do that greater work and prepare the way for him. In Peter, he tells us that he's holding back. He's not coming because it is not his will that one should perish. He's unwilling that one should perish. And so he's asking us who call ourselves Christians to get it together and stop being false prophets. Stop talking about what you don't know what you're talking about and go and do what Jesus said to do so you can show who Jesus is. That's the word I have for you today. Revelation 3.20, he said that he is knocking at the door of your heart and he would come in and live on the inside of you and dine with you if you would heed his voice. And so it's not, it's not a prayer that you pray just to quick get to heaven, but it's a commitment to Jesus that you would heed his voice and he would live on the inside of you, and then you would be about his business, and he would be about yours. That's a relationship. It's an engagement. And I say that prayer with you today. Jesus, come and live on the inside of us and help us to commit to seek after, strive after your way of doing and being right. And know that when we do that, everything else that we're trying to get and go after and what we're fighting for to have will be minute. We won't even care about it because we know that you're going to take care of our every need. And we're going to know that how you feel. And so instead, we're going to love, we're going to want to love those other people. Help us to be like you. We're following after you, Jesus. We're following you. Love you and praise you and give you all the glory. He is so good. He's so in love with us and he is waiting for us to get it together. And meanwhile, he's hurting. He's long suffering, the word says. Second Peter 3 9 through 10. He's long suffering, but at, at some point, he's going to come. And you don't want him to come when you're not ready because he's going to be in your life like a thief in the night. You're going to wish you would have got ready and you're going to know it's too late. Seek him, you will find him. Knock and the door will be open to you. Jesus is coming. You got to hurry up and get ready. Be a part of his life, what he's doing. And, and he, like he said, isn't life so much more worth than all the stuff you guys are trying to get? Those who don't know God live that way. And he's calling us out today and saying we're living just like the heathen, as if we don't know, because we're not getting up every day and living the importance of life. Instead, we're being fooled by the enemy and trapped in going after the lust of our flesh. 
So if I inspired you at all, helped you, um, if there's anything I can do for you, you can let me know. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you.